You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, and you know what that means on the Sports Objective Podcasting Network. It's time for just another sports podcast with me, your host, Kyle from LaGrange Barber. And alongside me is my co-host, as always, the one and only head coach of Northeast Academy, Alaska, North Carolina, Mr. Stevie Fly. Welcome into the show. You feeling okay? You didn't say I was from Virginia. I will. I'll get it in for the show's over. I'll, 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 That's all right. That's all right. From Danville, Virginia, Stevie Danville. Fly. Danville. Good Lord. <laughs> so What's I've up, seen buddy? some of the ugliest people in my life in the Walmart in Danville, Virginia. <laughs> well, guess what? We just lost all our listeners from Danville after we lost our chance of getting a sponsorship from Parker's last week. We lost all listeners in Danville, Virginia. You know, Danville's a growing area, too, with the casinos right. coming to town. So so you just ruined it, dude. Yeah, I know. We've got potential casino sponsorship. All right, let's get into brass tacks. We got the uh, the one of the greatest punters, arguably the greatest punter in East Carolina history, and the uh, color analyst from the uh, East Carolina Sports Network or whatever they call it these days, Mr. Andrew Bays. Andrew, welcome into the show. Kyle, thank you. Stevie, good to talk to you. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you, bud. Thank you. Yeah, we uh, you know we we typically st- uh, our normal standard on this show, Andrew. We we typically have a former player on. And we'll break down their career, you know, 30, 40 minutes. But we're not going to do that tonight with you. You do not have time for that. What we are going to do is utilize your skills as the color analyst for the uh, broadcasting network. And we're going we're going to jump right into previewing the uh, the Charlotte 49er football game this week and touch a little bit on what you think of the season so far. Obviously, defense has played well. Offense has struggled. Yeah. Uh, special teams have been kind of middle of the road uh, to, to good. I would say middle of the road to good. Um, but um, offense is a big struggle. What are your thoughts on the season so far? Yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, it. I think every, everyone's opinion is pretty much, you know, around the fact that the offense has just been, you know, pretty much abysmal. And um, as a former player, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to watch. You know, it, it typically um, – offense. you know, the offense here in Greenville – has been something that the fans have really showed up, showed up for and be able to enjoy and have a lot of fun with. And it's quite a dilemma this year, you know, as a, as a, just as a fan or as a former player to, you know, turn the games on and just see the, it just seems that the offense is just lost. You know, that's the only word I can describe, um, you know, as I, as I watch the offense, is it, you know, I know a lot of people like to say, try to find identity and, you know, a cliche word like that, but truly I, I just, you know, I think the quarterback situation, however it happened, um, I think the quarterback situation really surprised this coaching staff and um, hit them square in the jaw in week one. And the offense has been lost ever since. And, um, you know, there's been some glimmers of hope, Um you know, just from playmaking ability from a couple players here and there. But, um, you know, as a unit, it's 
there's it's really difficult to to look at it and and see progress. I know that the coaching staff, you know, they they'll you know, they they they're going to preach that there's, you know, continuous progress week over week and you know, behind the scenes those are things that we can't see. Um obviously they see it in the meeting rooms and film study and you know, on the practice field. I I try to get out there once a week to get get my eyes on these guys and you know, just show my support as a former player. Um, but um, yeah, it's just, I, I think offensively it's been, it's been difficult uh, defensively, you know, I, you know, whether they, you know, you look at the national numbers and they are what they are. I mean, the, the pirate defense and total defense, total defense is 32nd in the nation. They're 25th, 23rd in the nation in rush defense. So, you know, all things being said, and I know the Gardner Webb, game can skew some numbers but look everyone every top team has a Gardner Webb on their schedule so all the numbers are skewed so defensively I I know they've they've been doing great and I think all things considered has if the offense has been just a a notch above where they're at now oh you beat me to it yeah there'd be be some there'd be some wins in the column and, yeah, uh, I, I I came up with the analogy of we just averaged 24 points per game, a very average, mediocre, not even good offense. I mean, 24 points a game is nothing in in this day and age of college football. If we averaged 24 points a game, we'd be four and two or three and three at worst. Right. So yep. I mean, it, it's it's insanity how bad we are on offense, averaging just under 12 points per game. I when you when you look ahead, particularly for this Saturday, who do you think is going to start a quarterback? Flynn has. See the majority of the refs last few weeks. Garcia looked better against SMU than he has in the past. I honestly thought he looked better than Flynn as a whole. Um, I, I kind of think, and I could be wrong, I kind of think Flynn were kind of – we saw his ceiling against Rice. I think Flynn kind of is what he is. I think Garcia still has some upside, but he's he's got to improve in a hurry. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've kind of stuck to my guns on, on the way that, you know, at least my opinion on the matter – you know, I, I know why they turned to Flynn and, you know, in an effort to, you know, the still go after a, a, you know, a conference championship and win some games, you know, early in the season, Flynn definitely gave him that opportunity to uh, pursue those metrics. Um, however, I always thought that they'd have to circle back to Garcia at some point and just let him, let him ride it out. And they, they, for a couple reasons, one for his development, um, you know, it's just going to have to be, a, uh, you know, you know, growing pains type thing, whether good, bad, ugly, whatever it is, we're going to have to stick with it, but give him an opportunity. And if, if Garcia just is not up to the task, a couple more games down the road, then I think you probably have to flip it to Jeter and see what you have in that young kid. Um, you know, so I think Garcia gets, gets the run, um, you know, I don't know who he's going to start ultimately. If it's he's going to start Flynn and have a, you know, game plan that maybe in the third series like he did against SMU. Um, but I, I assume Garcia gets a lot of scratch uh, in the next few games, and um, uh, you know, hopefully he's able to kind of work through and show continue to show a little bit of progress here and there to give the coaches some some confidence that he's the guy moving forward. And if if he's not, I, I think that Jeter probably gets even though the you know I've I've from what I understand and reports I've I've you know my conversations is that Jeter 
might not be completely ready for that. But I mean, heck, in today's world with transfers and transfer portal and, you know, you, you've got to be able to um, embrace the player um, and you've got to develop them because they're, you know, if they're not going to play here, they're going to play somewhere else. So um, I think it's Garcia's job at this point. Um, I could be wrong. Nichols, uh, Jason Nichols, um, on uh, the fifth quarter over on a Pirate Radio uh, postgame um, last Thursday, um, said that uh, going forward he thinks he would start Garcia and go ahead and move um, uh, Raheem Jeter up to the number two spot and start getting him the, you know, the second most reps on the team to get him, you know, in case we have to do what you're talking about. Uh, do, do you think that they'll go ahead and start doing that, move Jeter up and move Flynn down to third string? Yeah, I mean, you, gone. I, I, I mean, I don't know what this coaching staff thinks, um, and they, they could completely <laughs> think differently than I think. But you know, you the redshirt years. I mean, yeah, you know, the portal. Be damned. Yeah, exactly. You know, you you try to preserve. You, you know, you try to preserve this kid's redshirt year. I, I disagree with you, Andrew. With the, the this day and age of the portal, I, I no. Root. Oh, no, what, no, what I'm saying is, is the, the, what I was saying, as far as the coaching staff, maybe they believe that they try to preserve his red shirt, but in today's day, you just can't do it. And, you know, I think Mason Garcia is a, a good relevant example of, you know, they, they sat on him for years thinking that he was going to be the future of this program. And that, that, that hit him square in the face week one of, well, Heck, we didn't. We missed something here as far as development, coaching, whatever it might be, and um, so or talent. So I think you know you get an earlier start than typically you would, uh, especially with Jeter. And you know, ho- like I said, hopefully Mason turns it around. You start to see some signs that he's going to be okay for the future. But if not, you've I think you absolutely to agree with Jason. You 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 absolutely have to take Jeter for a spin. No, I agree with you 100%. And then, you know, we'll, we'll get into the offseason when we need to, but you got to figure we're going to go into the portal for quarterback. Um, we look ahead to Charlotte this week. You know, you'd like to think this is a get-right game, but it really ain't. Uh, Charlotte's defense is really good. Very similar. Good. I mean, really, like, staggeringly similar. Um, we got very good de- – we have good defense. They have good defense. And we're both horrendous on offense. Um we're averaging just under high 12 points per game, at least against FBS opponents. Um, Charlotte is averaging around 15 points per game. Uh, Charlotte, I, I don't know what our third down efficiency is. Either one of you guys do. Charlotte's is 23%, which is freaking horrendous. And they average 303 yards per game. Um, this may be a 6-3 thriller, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, we, so we're we're running about 33% on third down for the season. All um, right, we're better than them by 10%. Woo-hoo. Compared to we're, – we were almost a 50% conversion team last year um, on third down. Now, against SMU, we were 25%. We were 5 for 20, um, you know, so – That's uncanny to me that we were 5 for 20 on third down – because we dominated time of possession in that game at least yeah. with three quarters, so that really says a lot to how well our defense played, how many three and outs they got. Well, I th- I think you know I, I started picking up on some of the time of possession situation that's going on with our offense during the Rice game. You know, during a broadcast, I you know there's some things that I keep an eye on. That's one of them, and um, you know this offense, I think <laughs> because 
you know, they've, they've been so woeful. Um, you know, if, if, I mean, it's, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, you know, that, that they're going to run the ball on first down probably nine times out of 10, and that's going to begin to eat the clock. And a lot of times they follow that up with a, with a second down rush. So they're killing clock probably strategically to stretch, you know, try to try to wrap the game up, you know, to try to limit possessions on the other side of the ball. And, you know, they when they're completing passes they're completing, you know, three yard passes and short, short routes that keep the clock moving. So, you know, it, it is something that we're, you know, we're seeing as far as three and outs. Yes. But I think the way that they're attacking the clock to try to stretch, you know, try to limit the opponent from being on the field. I, I think, you know, that's part of the offensive strategy, you know, while they struggle, they're going to burn some clock. You know, you, you talk about our offensive struggles and, and one of the things we have really liked is explosion plays. Charlotte's defense is good, but they have shown the, the, um, I don't know if ability is the right word, the, the, the opposite thereof of ability. Charlotte has been susceptible. That's the word I'm looking for. Two explosion plays um, in, in the back end. Um, their front seven is really good. Their secondary it may be questionable. Um, I, we have not shown the ability to hit a deep ball, uh, get much yards after catch. Um, do, do you think, and what are we going to have to do to hold, for our line to hold up against Charlotte's D line and, and try to be able to hit some of those big plays in the passing game? that we haven't been able to hit so far. That's how most people have scored on Charlotte. Yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, I don't think, you know, last year it seemed like Holton, maybe it was just a timing thing with a, with CJ and Isaiah and some of those guys, you know, timing routes were a lot better and, you know, especially over the middle. And we, we don't see a lot of quick hitting inside quick slants, um, with this offense that we have in the past. And, um, you know, it, it would, it, you know, it could start there. I know we don't see, you know, it's ironic. We see Brock Spalding come out, you know, in red zone and goal line situations. I know that they, they think a lot of, uh, his hands and his ability to, to possess the ball, you know, I'd like to see him more in, in field offense, you know, not just red zone and goal line and that kind of thing. If, if he's a possession type receiver, you know, they, they need to get the ball out quickly. And, and so well has, has come on, you know, the last few games has shown a lot of uh, promise, move, move his body, big body on the inside um, and maybe use Josiah on the outfield as a stretch guy. And, you know, I know we haven't gotten enough uh, opportunities to Josiah, um, you know, I know Jalen has had his, his, you know, his opportunities with, with drops, unfortunately he's battling through this year, but um, you know, somehow they've got to work this, start working the inside of the field. And I know those are timing routes and I know those are a bit more complicated, especially with, with quarterbacks that are struggling, but um, it's been a big part of this offense for a long time. And it's definitely a big piece that's missing. So, you know, to answer your question, I like to see more quick hitting strikes over the middle of the field. Um, you know, they've, they've utilized Calhoun a little bit, um, you know, in those types of scenarios, but uh, not nearly enough, in my opinion. You mentioned Calhoun. Um, we get Savage back this week, according to Coach. Um, do you think that'll, you know, Calhoun, that, that should limit, not limit in a bad way, but limit in a good way, the amount of snaps that Calhoun has to take. Uh, uh, I'm, you, 
I'm sorry, you I, you were breaking up to me in your the first part of that question. Savage, uh, coach says Savage will be back this week. Yeah, uh, so that should limit Calhoun snaps in a positive way, uh, where maybe you know hopefully he can be more effective. I know we keep him in a block a lot because the line struggles, but do you think having Savage back will help Calhoun in the passing game? Is what I'm trying uh, to get to. Yeah, 100. percent I mean, Calhoun's been working like a dog um, these these this first part of the year, so um, I I would think so. I you know I unfortunately Javius Bond. You know, I know coach said that's a day-to-day type thing. Um, but that, you know, if he's out a game, that's a big, that's a big miss. Obviously we saw what happens when, when he's out, he was out against SMU um, with that unfortunate early injury. Um, Do you have any intel on, on besides what coach said about day-to-day? No, no. I mean, I mean, co- one thing I've learned about this coaching staff, they, they don't like talking about injuries and uh, they keep it very close to the vest. So um, any, any information I wouldn't trust that's out there anyway. Um, Gotcha. You know, so if he's saying it's day to day, he must have a pretty good feeling that, that he truly is. So, um, you know, I don't think he'd downplay um, that type of injury or even talk about an injury because he doesn't, he doesn't like talking about injuries. So, um, Hopefully he's back in the mix this week, which would be great for this for this offense. They need obviously need to continue to get him involved. Um, you know the rushing attack has been has been limited, um, and you know there's a lot of things that factor into that as well. So it's not it's not just offensive line play, but quarterback play can also factor into that. Just you know when your offense is predictable, it's just yeah. so much easier for the defense to attack on it and prey on it. We got Gunn back against SMU. Uh, hopefully he'll be if, – if 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 we don't have Bond back, hopefully Gunn will, you know, show some more progress this week. And um, I – the the key, uh, Gerald Green from Georgia Southern, um, uh, I think he's back healthy, I believe. And hmm. particularly what interests me about Gerald Green, um, we saw a little speed option with, with Garcia against SMU. And uh, Gerald Green's got a lot of option background playing at Georgia Southern. So uh, that could be interesting. Uh, hopefully he'll be back this week. Yeah, I mean, I I love I love watching Garcia play in a in an option style. Yes. Offense. You know, I mean, it is it you know, it's it's funny when you watch him play. He, he lights up in those scenarios. Yeah. It's like he enjoys it. And um so I I know it's very difficult for for offensive coaches to change on the fly as far as offenses go, you know, as a season goes kind of, you know, you've got your, your offensive schemes and your ideas of what you want to do. And it, you only have so much time during the week to work with these kids. So, you know, it's really hard to make changes to your offense, but um, you know, clearly Garcia is way more comfortable in a rushing style approach. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of Jacksonville state, uh, Rich Rodriguez as uh, their head coach. They've been playing a lot of midweek games in the new conference USA and, I just, you know, I think about Garcia in that offense, what a perfect fit that would be. Um, not suggesting he enters the portal, but if he does, that would be a, somewhere I'd be looking at. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, um, anything else you want to add? Homecoming this weekend, obviously. Uh, hopefully the fans come out. It's going to be great weather, low 60s, sunny Saturday, 2 o'clock kickoff. Um, he, obviously, we're 1-5 there, 1-5. In-state rival, first game against Charlotte. I, I want this game bad. I not only do we need a win, I, I can't stand the idea of losing to Charlotte. Um, uh, to, to me, this is this is this is as must win as it gets. 
Yeah, if there if there ever was one. Um, yeah, they gotta they gotta get the W here. I, I I know UNC Charlotte. They're making they're making headways as a program. You know they've they've raised some good money for that program. Um, yeah, state legislation helped them out somehow. Oh yeah, and they're they're doing some good things. So. You know they're going to come in here with you know a big initiative to try to, to you know they see ECU as maybe an opportunity to 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 stamp their North Carolina uh, brand you know with a big with a big win against ECU so they've got a lot to play for and uh, so do the Pirates and so to be out quite honestly so does this coaching staff um, yep you know they've they've it's been a tough season for them and um, they they can't afford a loss to UNC Charlotte. So um, no, I think the narrative changes drastically and I'm not asking you to comment on this, but I think the the narrative changes drastically from fire Donnie to probably fire Houston. If we lose to Charlotte. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's going to be tough all the way around. And it's a scenario that you, you hope to, to avoid, yeah, Yeah. not have to worry about um, if everyone does, does what they, they need to do to, to, come out Saturday with a W um, you know, I, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, you know, I hope the crowds come out. Um, I'm excited. I hope every, I know as people, when we lose stuff to be excited, we get fired up, embrace it, embrace it, man. It, it, it's hard to look at Charlotte as a rival, but I, I can't stand look pirate nation. Think about it this way. Charlotte got where they are because of media market. They're, they're in the American, everything we had the to scratch and claw for Charlotte has just been given. They haven't earned anything. And so embrace the hate and uh, get in there and be loud. And uh, you know what? I, call it a rivalry. Don't call it a rivalry. I can't stand them. So I guess it is a rivalry. Let's go beat Charlotte. That's right. Yeah. No, it's, I hope, I hope the fans turn up. I, I know it's been a difficult season, but one, one thing that pirate fans have, have proven year over year is they have a, a pretty short memory you know, a win cure, <laughs> cures a lot of things. And um, so if they can come out with a win this week, it, it'll somewhat change the narrative uh, of this season going into, you know, what's what's the next week? Who They play. Uh, yeah. Yep. So and that's going to be a tough game, too. So, um, yeah, Frank Harris is back, unfortunately. Yo, there you go. Um, so, you know, positive things this week. I uh, hope these quarterbacks come out and, you know, start hitting on some, some, some consistency and, um, you know, show their ability. I mean, I, when I go out and practice, you know, I see these guys, man, they, the talent is there um, as far as in the quarter quarterback room, they've just got to, they've just got to apply it on game days. Yep. Uh, let me ask both of you this for, I know Andrew's got to go. Would it be better now to just stick with one quarterback instead of the two quarterback system now. I mean, because obviously the two quarterback system isn't working, but get the, get one of them in a red like Garcia, get him in a rhythm and leave him in there the whole game. I, I think if you can, Stevie, unless he just comes out and it's a turnover machine, right, or or, or is not moving the ball at all. Uh, yeah, I think I think we need to. I I think we probably in hindsight, in hindsight's twenty twenty, and I think Andrew, you kind of alluded to this almost. You understood why they played Flynn, but I, I think we would be a lot further along if we'd have just stuck with Garcia the whole time. Yeah, I mean, it get, games get to a point where you've got you know sometimes you've got to make a change, but. You know, at this point in the season where they're at, 
I think we can accept maybe that we're not fighting for a conference championship. And, um, you know, we, we this needs to be it's already a rebuilding year. Um, they're not going to want to say that, but it already is that. And you have, you know, you got two young quarterbacks. You got to figure out what you got. And um, Garcia needs the playing time. You know, you, you if you're being truthful and honest with yourself, you n- you've never really given him um, the full go. And at this point in the game, you you give him the full go and you let him, you know, he's your ride or die at this point. And um, unless he throws four picks, you know, over a handful of series, you know, you're just going to you're just going to run with him um, unless he gives you a reason to, to take him out. So, Andrew, I will have you one more follow up to that and then I'll let you then we'll let you go. Um, being this is Charlotte and we everybody kind of agrees it is a must win. Uh, would you be surprised if they did go with Flynn because they maybe think he gives them the better chance to win this particular ball game? Yeah, I mean, I'd be surprised. Okay. Um, I, I would, I mean, it, okay. it seems it, to me, it seems like an obvious time to play Garcia, um, you know, with, with the fact that they're playing Charlotte, um, it could be a game that really boosts Garcia's confidence. If they can get off to the right, right foot early in this game, you know, it could be something that, you know, maybe is a catalyst to him coming out of his shell. Um, so you give him a platform to succeed and, you know, what better, what better team, you know, if it's not Gardner-Webb, then it's going to be UNC Charlotte. Yep. So. All right, Andrew. Steve, you got anything else? Yeah, that'll do it, bud. And right, thank fellas. you very much for your time. Appreciate it. I appreciate it, guys. Let's go Pirates. Thanks for having me on. No problem. We'll see you, boys. And thank you. Andrew Bays from the Pirate Sports Radio Network. I, I don't even know if that's what it's called these days. Uh, Steve, they changed either. the name. 150 times. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we went through different owners with different, you know, IMG and then ISP. And now we're with, um, um, I can't even think of the name of the company. Of, uh, it's uh, Bubba. If you're, if you're, if you're back there, uh, pop it up on the screen, the name of the company that we're with now. Um, Playfly. Playfly. Uh, that's it. Playfly. Um, Playfly. Yep. I, uh, so Stevie, um, I was in Charlotte this Saturday. Um, we just discussed it at nauseum with Andrew. It's a must-win situation. I, uh, I really, you know, and I'll say it more blatantly now that Andrew's gone. You know, he works for the yeah. network, so I didn't want to get into it. I really believe, you know, if we blow, if we lose this game, and you were staring one and eleven in the face, and I think it, the narrative changes. I think most fans are fired on. He fired on. He's time for Donnie to retire. I think you lose to Charlotte. That narrative starts to change to. You know, despite oh, yeah. the success the last two seasons, it's going to be start. You're gonna you're gonna have a lot of fire Mike Houston talks if we don't win this one. I I, I hear I heard from more pirate fans this this past week than I usually do, and <clears throat> you know the majority of them, excuse me, <clears throat> were saying we lose this game. You know the 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 seat is 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 warm. Uh, the seat gets really hot. If you lose for Mike Houston, if you lose this game this week, because you know, you, like you said, we're staring one and eleven. Who who is left on that schedule that that is somebody uh, we can beat? I mean, none of these games are going to be easy games after this. You know, there's no Gardner Webb sitting here, and if we don't play better than what we have been, it's going to be uh, a one eleven season if we don't beat Charlotte. No, I mean, you, you, know, you, you could lose to Charlotte, and then, you know, you got Navy further down the line, which 
yeah. uh, has struggled has struggled offensively. Um, he, he, Tulsa, you know, for for um, uh, senior day. So who knows? But even so, look, the first time playing Charlotte, we're one and five. They're coming to our house. It's homecoming. This is not a game we need to lose. I mean, all of a sudden, hey, and then and then you're the worst football program in North Carolina, and you know you, you can't even beat you, Charlotte's better than you. You know, is this is well, this is not a situation we need to put ourselves in? I'll tell you like this: there, <clears throat> there's been teams in my coaching career that that we have that usually they're not good. You know, every year they're not good. And for some reason, they always penciled us in as an easy win. And, you know, but they looked at it like it was their state championship game every year because they knew they weren't going to make it that far. But Charlotte is looking at this like, okay, this is a start. We're, we got nothing to lose. Just like ECU has nothing to lose. But Charlotte's going to come in here. We're underdogs. Yeah. And we're going to come in here at your place and we're going to beat you guys i mean the, they've got that attitude we have nothing to lose the one thing i will say about this that that, I, that it's it's an in-state game but one thing i will say about this biff biff Pogey yeah doesn't know much about this state um and you know being you know even he's from just up the road the maryland dc area and three coaches high school ball and a ton of his players are from that Maryland DC area um, that transferred into Charlotte. There's not a lot of players in North Carolina on that football team, um, so I think they'll be fired up for it because they understand that their fan base wants to win this game. Right. But I think I, under normal circumstances, I, if we were good this year, I you know we were three and four and two, three and three, you know, something like that. I would be worried to death about Charlotte coming in here and this being their Super Bowl. This better be our Super Bowl too. We yeah, better. I mean, yeah, definitely. We we better come out and show some pride and protect our stadium. And uh, you know, I, I I'm hoping the players are embracing it. Embrace the hate. I hate Charlotte. Embrace the hate. You know, let's get the W. I it, to me, it's it's not a time to talk about is it a rivalry. I've seen a lot of people, you know, praising Biff Pogey uh, for some of his comments he made post game after Navy. He took all the blame. Yeah. And then um, I was, he made some positive comments, I guess, in his press conference about us. But I also, I also thought he took some shots. He uh, talked about how, uh, you know, we're busting over there because, uh, you know, you really can't fly into Greenville. You got to fly into Raleigh. At least that's what I was told. You, you, give me a break, Biff. You know damn well you could take a charter flight <laughs> from Charlotte to Greenville or from Charlotte to Kinston. Uh, he also said, uh, you know, all their fans wear purple and black. So apparently he doesn't know our colors are purple and gold. Um, well, you know, that right there, if you're ever going to get bulletin board material, that would be it for, for our pirates. He doesn't even know what color you are. It's kind of like, kind of like when Fedora said he didn't remember the 70 to 41 game when the next time he came over to Greenville. Well, he got reminded again. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you know, people seem to pick out all the positive things he said, you know, he, he was complimentary, but to me, he took some shots and I know who Biff is. I, I remember preseason and pounding the podium. And acting like a lunatic, and uh, he, you know, he walks around shirtless or sleeveless on the sidelines with the with his armpits hanging out on national TV, um, you know. And so I look, he ain't. Some folks may be impressed by his, um, I don't know, his uniqueness, but uh, he don't do nothing for me. I, you know, yeah, I, I, I do think his his background, you know, in business before he got into coaching is kind of interesting, but. 
besides that, he don't do nothing for me. And uh, I hope we beat their brains in. But I'll take a one-point win. And be, and I'll, I'll take a one-point win and go home happy. I mean, it is what it is at this point. Yeah, we got a couple of comments up here. Uh, is it from I, your dogs? Yeah, I, no. They they when you mentioned Biff's name, they got upset for some reason. I okay, I got you. Well, I can understand it. <laughs> he looks like a pork chop. Yeah. Two uh, Johnny Robertson made a comment. Two areas that he was hoping for improvement is pass blocking and pressuring the opposing quarterback. The fact that the pass coverage has been so good without any. Real pass rush is amazing, which is is a good point. Yeah, and I don't understand because um, while we haven't got more pressure on the quarterback than we have, and at times we have, but we have trouble getting him on the ground. Um, uh, th- that's something we need to get better at. Um, you know, we play a very similar defense to Navy. Navy gets a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They did against Charlotte last week, so hopefully we can too. Um, and uh, as far as uh, the, the the blocking it up um, in the passing game, uh, yeah, we got to get better all around the line. Not we got pass run blocking, blocking run and blocking. pass yeah, blocking. It, that's that's something we need to address immediately. Now Charlotte's D line is pretty good, um, so it's gonna be an interesting game, man. This is one that you know I, I don't know. You know, part of me has a good feeling. Part of me is worried. Part of me thinks we're gonna, you know, we're gonna win a close one. Part of me, th- you know, this is it's gonna be very interesting. Yeah, and then we got Brandon. Uh, he's watching on YouTube. He said he had two comments. He said, "I say play Jeter and forget about Garcia and Flynn." And then if we lose this one, we are going one eleven. I don't see us beating UTSA, Tulane, Florida Atlantic, Navy, or Tulsa. Well, I. I... Don't you think though, if we lose, if we lose this game to Charlotte, like you said, it changed the whole narrative. But don't yeah. you think it kind of, kind of the 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 confidence that we may have will go right out if we lose to Charlotte? Well, I think if we lose to Charlotte. Yeah, I, I think we we would lose confidence, and I think then the fan base is really going to start to turn on Houston. Um, it's already starting to happen a little bit, and I think it would get horrible. And I don't want that. Uh, I want to win this game. I'm not in. I'm not advocating any of that. I want to win this game and not worry about any of that crap. Um, in, in terms of um, what was his other comment about besides going one and eleven? Playing Jeter and forgetting about going. Yeah, no, not against Charlotte. Um, you, you don't want a young quarterback to come out and be a against a good defense. The last thing you want to do is is have a turnover machine. Right. Um, I really believe that's how. That's what this game's going to come down to: is turnovers. Um, so to me, whoever doesn't turn the ball over is going to win this game. I, I um, still, you know, I, I would, you know, after the, the SMU game, which I'll go ahead and say, the defensive backs impressed me. Uh, just like uh, Johnny was talking about the the pass coverage had, has been really good here lately. Uh, because going into that game, that was one of my main concerns is that quarterback, he was going to light us up. And our, our defensive backs did a great job there. Uh, you know, not a great job, but it did. They did their job. After the now, first quarter, I really think they did a tremendous. Yeah, they settled down. Yeah. I mean, and then and, and and your comment that you made on Facebook after the game was so so on point. It was the Marshall game all over again, except this time, uh, instead of a halfback option pass that that put it away, pick six. The pick six put it away. That one play, and it, it just went all downhill after that. Yeah, and and you know, I that's what I mean. I, I don't. Hey, that's why I say I wouldn't. I, I believe yes, you 
you probably need to play Jeter soon. Um, and maybe maybe there's an opportunity in this game. But and that's why I'm not 100% convinced we won't see Flynn this week. I know, um, I, you know, a lot of people seem to think Garcia is going to be getting the start this week to play the whole game. This is this is a game we got to win. Um, and I, you know, hey, Flynn has turned the ball over more than Garcia actually because yeah. he's not. A, but Garcia plays too too close to the vest sometimes. Well, but. you know, Flynn is taking shots down the field too. Exactly. exactly. Is, you know, that, that you're more apt to. to and again, to that's it. why I go back to again. We might see Flynn play because. That's what Charlotte is susceptible to is giving up big plays in the passing game. Well, I mean, I, I say, you know, I, I was just watching the game the other night when, when they, they took Garcia out, put Flynn in. I was like, you know, you, you got to get the guy wasn't doing bad. No. He, he, Garcia played probably, probably his, well, I probably his best game of the year against, against uh, SMU. Uh, but, you know, leave the guy in there to get a rhythm. I mean, I know what you're trying to do, but right now we got we got to find an identity somewhere. And, you know, going back and forth between them, I just – I never – I know the purpose of it, but I never really liked that as a coach. No, no. I, I think there are times it works, but it hasn't worked so far this year. Um, okay. But Garcia's got, got to be able he, – he can't be afraid to take a shot downfield, particularly no. in the game. No, he can't. And if he is, if he, if he is, then I think you got to put him back on the bench. But um, I, I think you got to tell him. You look, if you throw a pick, you throw a pick. Um, we we, we got to take shots. So I mean, I you know, it's not the end of the world. Uh, nobody, you know, everybody throws an interception. I'm not. I, look, I don't want him to go out there and throw a bunch of picks, but you know, I I'd rather him take some chances than than sit there and just play scared. I same here. Same here. So, um, the reason, again, everybody tunes in each and every week, Steve, is not for our guest. It's not for us to preview the upcoming game. It is It is for our top five, oh, and yeah. uh, un- undoubtedly. And, and, and this one, you know, I was thinking of, you, you kind of run out of ideas for top five, particularly in direct relation to ECU football. So, um, I, I came up with this one. Top five favorite wins during a losing season. Top five favorite wins during a losing season. So these are going to be standout wins during bad seasons uh, in East Carolina history. And uh, I'm going to start out at number five. I have a uh, – hold on, I want to make sure I'm not looking at my audible mentions. Okay, at number five, um, and, I, and I struggled. I almost put this one higher because I do love this game so much. And, and I maybe should have put it higher. But uh, 1997 – Wake Forest comes into Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. <laughs> uh, first home game of the year. Um, first eight, second time an ACC school had visited. The other time was also Wake Forest. First time the modern era an ACC school came in there. We get down early, get down early 21 to seven, come back and win the game. Uh, so at my number five, I got Wake Forest from 97. Okay. So my number five goes back a little, you know, me, you know, I'm a little bit older than Kyle. Right, yeah. Yeah, well, by the way, we both had birthdays last week. You yeah, we sure did. Happy yeah. birthday, Kyle, Kyle's happy birthday. You, Kyle's a little bit younger than me, but I had the big. What old day Kyle. was your birthday, Stevie? I, I missed it on Facebook. Monday. You, 
Monday. Monday, Monday last. Oh, oh, so it was this week. Okay. Yeah, sixteenth. Well, I bought, you called me on my birthday, and I and I, I'm sorry, I totally missed. Your hey, I know, birthday. I know, y'all. I know how much Kyle thinks of me now. So uh, yeah. I didn't realize it was your birthday. I remember <laughs> I you saying joking. it last week. Now, but I do apologize. Happy birthday, happy belated birthday. Yeah, but I'm going a little bit further back than than Kyle does with my uh, pirate fanhood. Uh, 1987 opening game. Art Baker, uh, they they go five and six that year, and and everybody remembers this game, of course. Uh, but the NC State, thirty-two to fourteen over in Raleigh, of course. That uh, everybody knows what happened after that game, the riot. And uh, we didn't play state for a while, but yeah, you know, you had uh, Travis Hunter and uh, Charlie Libretto at quarterback. That was, I mean, you had some guys with that Walter Wilson at wide receiver, uh, Ellis Dillahunt. And Junior Robson, defensive back, some NFL experienced guys there. But yeah, Bubba Waters. I mean, come on. But uh, yeah, I just remember listening to that game on the radio. And then my cousin was actually uh, one of the managers that year, and was on the on the sidelines that night. And uh, yeah, he could tell you some stories there. Yeah, that's a good one. I would have definitely had it on my list if I, you know, I was seven years old when that game was played. But uh, so yeah, I, it didn't make my list, but I, it definitely would have had I been a pirate fan in 1987. Um, my number four, I got a tie uh, from the same. Here we season. go, the ties. Yeah, I, I did this a couple times. Uh, my number four, I got a tie from the same season, back to back weeks. So these games go together in my head. The 05 season, we finished five and six, ended up with back-to-back wins, a comeback win in Huntington against Marshall, and then we followed it up with UAB. I remember UAB came in here playing for bowl eligibility. Their quarterback, who's uh, – I can't think of his name now. He's a good quarterback. Um, guaranteed that they were going to beat us, and the Pirates won. So I got a tie from the 05 season, Marshall and UAB back-to-back weeks for my number four favorite win and during the losing season. So – we mentioned this a, a little bit earlier. Uh, 2018, Carolina comes to town again. And, uh, you know, all week, Larry Fedora is like, they're talking about the last time you came to, to Greenville. And uh, Larry Fedora is like, I don't remember that game. Uh, yeah, but he got reminded real quick. And, you know, the Scotty Montgomery area, area, era, but, uh, you know, we get the big win, 41-18, in a game that I don't think anybody – I think it was like if we beat them, it's going to be a close game. But to blow them out 41-18 was uh, the icing on the cake. But uh, that's my number four is the 41-18 in 2018. My number three is from the Scotty Montgomery era. Um, his very first game at East Carolina in 2016 – we didn't know what we were getting into, but it started off well. Uh, the Pirates beat the Wolfpack in Greenville. Uh, great back-and-forth game. That is actually an excellent football game. If you just want to go back and watch a really good East yeah. game, that was a back-and-forth football game, all game. Um, uh, so my number three is uh, 2016, the Pirates beat the Wolfpack in Dowdy Ficklin. All right. So my number three is from 2010. And I think you will know which one I'm talking about. Oh, I didn't consider 2010 a losing season. We was, yeah, but I don't think of it as a losing season as a bowl because we went to a bowl. Man, see, yo, okay, I would have put the Tulsa game in there too, and the NC State <laughs> game. 
God mighty. See, that's I would have had that NC State game number one. I don't well, just didn't consider it a losing season, but you're right. Technically, it was. Technically, I mean, technically it was, but I mean, if you want to, all right. So anyway, no, go, ahead, go ahead. I'm going. I'm going with that. I mean, watching that game on a Sunday, the opening game. Oh, the, the so you got the Tulsa game, not the state game. Okay. Yeah, that's that's this is my number three. Okay. Uh, but yeah, to to sit there and watch the hail mary at the end, uh, and and you're like, because I'm sitting there like, God, there's no way. This is going to happen. And then, uh, yeah, it happened. And and the Pirates, Justin Jones with a 33-yard reception from uh, Dominic Davis. And the Pirates went 51-49. Uh, and, I mean, what a way to start out that year. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't the best year they had, but a great start. And I don't I, – I, that was kind of weird. We talked about this before. Kind of weird playing on a Sunday afternoon there, too. Yeah, ESPN. I uh, was experimenting with some Sunday foot college football yeah. at the time, but uh, yeah, that's also one would have made my twenty-seven list. points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was a crazy game. It would have made my list, but I, I don't think of it as a losing season because we went to a bowl. Right. But after the bowl game, it was a losing season. Um, my number two, you mentioned it already, so I won't dissect it too much. Twenty eighteen, North Carolina. You lose North Carolina A and T the week before. You got the Tar Heels coming to town. Uh, I think they had like. 12 players suspended because of something. Yeah. Um, something with his shoes. Yes. Somewhat, uh, yeah. And uh, you, you thought maybe there was a chance for an upset, but you looked so bad against A&T. Holton Adler's debut, he played great uh, coming in off the bench. Um, so uh, my number two is uh, that win over North Carolina in 18. All right. 2015. I think it was 2015. Maybe it was 20. No, let me. Yeah, 2015. 2015. James Summers coming out party. Uh, Virginia Tech in the rain. Uh, Big win for the Pirates because, you know, we're we're pretty much, you know, Shane Carden's gone. Uh, Justin Hardy's gone. You got a lot of turnover. And uh, now you're looking for that quarterback. Well, James Summers comes out and just puts it on Virginia Tech. Like I said, in the rain, 35-28 win for the Pirates that day. Yeah, I got a tie for number one. Um, <laughs> and one of them is that Virginia Tech game, 2015. Uh, Virginia Tech, obviously, uh, I was there monsoon. It wasn't just in the rain. Yes. It was a friggin' monsoon. So much fun. 35-28, uh, to 28. what a great atmosphere. The, oh, God, that place is electric that day. Uh, that's everything Daddy Cook on Stadium is supposed to be. Um, so yeah, that, that 2015 and then my other, I'm going to do a three-way tie for number one now, since we're in 2010 <laughs> a losing season, the NC state game from 2010 with the interception, uh, in the end zone by Damon Magazoo to seal the victory the Pirates beat the Wolfpack. And my third way tie for number, for number one <laughs> is, uh, Oh five skip Holt's very first game against the Duke blue devils. Um, Actually, one of my favorite games in ECU history, just because of what that game symbolized. It was just the return of Pirate football. And uh, so uh, Duke 05 uh, would be my my third number one. Uh, third, and uh, the season. Number, yeah. number one, number one C, number one D. Uh, yeah, yeah, basically. Worse than I ever have been, but geez. But my number one, you just you just talked about it, the uh, the NC State overtime game with the interception in the end zone. I don't forget what that quarterback's name was, 
uh, what was his name? Uh, Russell, 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 uh, Russell Brand, Russell, uh, Russell, Russell Brand. Hello, Russell, Russell Jeans. I don't yeah. know. Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's he's kind of he's kind of having a hard time now, any too. So, uh, but yeah, that that one was definitely my number one in a, in a losing season. Now, as far as my honorable mentions, I got those two. Oh, God, uh, let me see. What do I have here? The Marshall game from 2005, the the weight game from 97, and then at 1985, a lot of people don't talk about that one, uh, uh, beating NC State 33-14 at their place then. Yeah, we've beaten NC State quite a few times during losing yeah. seasons. Um, I, my honorable mentions, uh, TCU, uh, they were ranked in the top 25. Pirates yeah. upset them in Dottie Ficklin in 02. Uh, also in 02, uh, 20-point comeback against Houston. Uh, beat them in triple overtime down. Um, that's one a lot of people don't remember. That game's actually on YouTube, the entire game. So if you have that never watched is. the O2 Houston, yeah. Um, okay. So if you, if you never watched it or if you want to go back and watch it, uh, the O2 Houston game, triple overtime win um, down in Houston, 20-point comeback. And then my other honorable mention is uh, 2011. Uh, we go up to Annapolis, Maryland, and um, – beat Navy as they miss a last-second field goal for the Pirates to hold on the win. One of only two victories against Navy, and that was after they had embarrassed us the previous year uh, in, in Dowdy Ficklin. Yeah, I'm looking at – I'm looking up the – I'm sorry. I'm looking to see if I can find the Houston game now. Yes, yeah, on there. Yeah, I'll send you – go, go, go to the Sports Objectives Facebook uh, – YouTube page uh, – Stevie, and we have a playlist okay, for all our right. listeners out there where we have compiled all the games. So for all our listeners out there, if you uh, if you want to watch any ECU football, if, if it's on YouTube and it's a complete game, um, we should have it in our playlist. If you find something we do not have in our playlist, please let us know so we can add it to our playlist. Yeah, you sent me that, uh, and I watched the Carolina – I started watching the Carolina – when we beat them 70-41. But uh, they've taken that down since then. Oh, wow. They, yeah, well, they, they, yeah, they've taken the uh, taken the Carolina one from that, that year down. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder I wonder, who had something to do with that. Huh? I wonder. Yeah. But, uh, well, we got to get that back up there. Somebody uh, – mine got deleted off the DVR. I should have – Mine too. Mine too. I should have should, burned it to DVD. Um so uh, that's really irritating, actually, particularly now that it's off YouTube. I'm going to have to hit somebody up. Uh, somebody hit me up because uh, I want a DVD copy of that game now since it's off my hard drive no longer on YouTube. So if anybody has that game recorded, and I'm sure somebody right. does, uh, hit me up, and I'll gladly pay you for a DVD copy. All right. Steve, you got anything else? No, my dogs seem to be very active tonight. I don't know what the deal is. Well, um, Robert Matthews, he's, he's got a uh, – Robert follows us a lot. Uh, Kyle from the Grays, the fifth quarter legend. Robert, I appreciate it, man. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I don't know about legend, but I, I do appreciate the. Uh, I wish there was a way we could make a compilation of Kyle's greatest hits on the fifth quarter. Well, get with Clip. Maybe, he, maybe him and Shirley can put it together. And uh, you know, from Cecil, are you are you listening to? Uh, he fire him tonight. <laughs> To uh, the my infamous call where uh, Troy didn't believe it was me after he found out it was me, where I uh, did my Jeff Comfort impersonation, where uh, him and Shelly were hanging out in Jeff's bedroom watching the Orange Bowl, <laughs> or the Northern Illinois Orange Bowl. Um, 
Uh, people don't realize. People remember that call. I don't. I don't know how many people know that was me, uh, but uh, that was me. And um, so, uh, yeah, I've, I've done quite a few things up there. Yeah, Brand Brandon uh, has got another comment with the SMU leaving the conference. Is the American looking at another team to replace? Yes. Them? Yeah, Army. Um, the uh, we're we're talking to Army. I think it's going to happen. Uh, we're trying to get some things scheduled. Or we're trying. Army has to get some schedule things straightened out. And I think they're trying to figure out what to do with that Army-Navy game. Um, the conference wants to make it a league game. Army uh, really wants it to stay non-conference because they want it to stay. It's very important to Army, apparently, to keep that game um, the last regular season college football game post-championship. Right. I, I think well, my solution would be you could do something simple, play it Thanksgiving weekend every year and make it a league game. Or what I say is do the opposite to keep it special. Play it, make make it the Daytona 500. Make it the first game of the college football season. Play it every year on week zero. America, you, you got the American America's game in the American Conference to start the college football season. It would be great for the conference, and it would be that Army Navy game. I think would get more eyeballs during week zero when everybody's hungry for college football yeah. than it does the week it's played. And, and see, we talked about that the first, you know, one of the first episodes was. Yep. We- Zero. They need to. Uh, they need to have a matchup there because the matchups this year there was there was one that was decent. I, but, I watched them all. It didn't matter to but, me. <laughs> you know, have something up there. You know, a marquee matchup. Yeah, it's kind of like the NFL does with the Thursday night opening game. Yeah. You have the Super Bowl champions versus. Uh, you know, usually it's an up and coming team, but. Have you know maybe had the national champion defending national champion play somebody that opening weekend? Yeah, I, I don't know, but have a good have a I don't care have a have a marquee matchup that that week zero. I think it would be a good solo a good solution to the Army Navy problem. To, yeah. uh, you know, to if Army's going to join the league, having that game as a non conference game to me sounds so bush league. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, that's one of the appeals is I have have an army is you get the army Navy game is how conference game. So, um, I, I think they'd be missing the boat if, if they, if army joins the league and we don't figure out a way to make that a conference game. So. Yep. All right, Stevie. Well, um, we'll see what happens this Saturday. I, uh, got my fingers crossed. Yeah, me too. Uh, and uh, you know, hopefully we come away with the victory. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be very unhappy. This this will not be a uh, a loss I will take lightly. So um, keep it just in case, guys. Hopefully we don't lose. But uh, remember the fifth quarter. You might want to listen to the fifth quarter if the Pirates don't come out on top. You might hell, have back. your bail money ready. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, and and uh. Speaking of, don't not just the fifth quarter. Uh, uh, don't forget. Hopefully, we'll be talking about a Vic on yeah, the Pirate Playback so. uh, Sunday night, um, and and not a loss. So we might not be able to do the Pirate Playback Sunday night if we lose. Him, I'll be so disgusted. Oh wow! But all right, Stevie. Unless you got something else. No, uh, no, I'm good. But my football season is over. So uh, we finished our, our season last Friday night. Unfortunately, yeah, not. Not qualifying for the playoffs, so uh, get ready to see. You know, I, I'll, I'll make the uh, the old coach statement. You know, I, I've just got to sit back and take a breather and just see it. Like I think Joe Gibbs and all them guys said stuff like, and just see how I feel once once football season around the corner before I make a decision. 
No, you'll be ready. Yeah, I um and 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 uh, yeah, maybe get a few more games scheduled next year. <sighs> Tell me about it, bud. Tell yeah. me about it. Uh, Robert made another comment. Biff is going to sup dogs. Maybe we can kidnap him and make him our coach. I don't want him, Robert. Um, <laughs> I don't want him. I, I don't want. A, I don't want a grown man on the sidelines in a tank top and shorts. I don't know how many people. I don't. I don't know if he might watch this man with his armpits hanging oh, out gosh, on the sidelines. Yeah. So yeah, no, I don't want him. Oh, I you know I'd maybe have I need else. to wear that on the sideline next year. What do you think, Robert? Go get, go for it, Max. Go for it. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not a Biff fan. I I know some of our fans have gotten caught up in it, but uh, all right, yeah. you know he he ain't for me. Um, I I I my you know I Mike Houston ain't perfect, but I'll take him over Biff any day. Yeah, same right. here, bud. Same here. All right, so for uh, Andrew Bays, about to forget him. Bubba Rosenbaum producing, and my co-host Stevie Fly. I am Kyle Barber. Hey, and they're uh, and, and Ellen K Custom Homes. Uh, KK Walker. Don't forget to give them a call three three six six zero eight eight four six one. Get yourself a house built. Um, <laughs> there you go. That's somebody we need to have on here. Ah, we'll get KK on. He's obviously yeah. a friend of the show, so we'll, we'll 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 do that. All right, Stevie. So again, for Bubba, Andrew, and Stevie Fly. I am Kyle from LaGrange Barber. You have been watching and listening to just another sports podcast here on the Sports Objective Podcasting Network. Good night, everybody, and go Pirates. See ya.